tender mercies are over all his works. Amen. That means that he didn't create anything to throw it away. Isn't that amazing? That his his kindness, love, mercy, tender mercy is over all of his works, which means that anything that he made, he's merciful toward. Amen. And that's the good thing about God. We can count on him to supply what we need no matter what. Amen. Uh, that's why the Holy Spirit lives in us. If we are not right with God heart-wise, he lets us know for the purpose of us getting right so we can be blessed. Amen. There's a purpose there. Amen. So it's good. It's good to know that God's looking out for us, watching, keeping us on the straight and narrow, keeping us on the right path. Amen. And so it's a, it's a blessing to be cared for by God. He takes care of everything. So, so amen. Father in heaven, we do thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. We will find mercy here always, grace to help us always in our time of need, and we always need you. So we thank you, Lord, for opening up our understanding that we might know and we might perceive and we might obey everything that you're speaking to our hearts and our minds today and we honor you and love you in jesus name amen and praise god amen 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 so yesterday we we began talking about the fact that we are redeemed and we are redeemed from the curse of the law so and and the curse comes when we break the law so really we are redeemed from the curse of the broken law which means that when you break the law of god you're not um, condemned to live out penalty for the broken law. Man, you receive extreme mercy uh, where God will forgive you if you will confess. Amen. He is faithful and just to forgive us. There are some people that when we confess, they won't forgive us. Why many times people are reluctant to confess their sins. Because they're not forgiving and many times they're not expecting forgiveness. So this can be a new thing for us. Amen. This can, that's why the gospel is called good news. Because you never heard it before. Amen. And so when, when we begin to live the Christian life, we have to understand that there may be some things that will run counter to our understanding or counter to our beliefs or counter to our accepted way of thinking, uh, but they are God, amen, because they can be validated with his word. And so God wants to uh, be there for us to reassure us that when we confess Everything will work out for good. It's for our good uh, that we kind of like come clean before God and, and allow him his cleansing power uh, to to cleanse us, refresh us, renew us, reassure us of his great love for us. Uh, so there's no penalty box for us uh, when we disobey, either out of ignorance or willfully. Uh, you know, I know there's a, a scripture that says if you sin willfully after coming to a knowledge of the truth, there's no more sacrifice for sin. But I believe there's a willful ignorance sometimes that, that people get into. There's a snare. When God says willfully, he means from the heart. And so, you know, he's the only one who judges the heart. So it's hard for us to judge other people in this but we know that we we should and we need to uh, repent whenever we we see ourselves 
on the wrong way or uh, sometimes even if you don't feel good on the inside or you feel upset or disgruntled or something like that none of that is coming from God and so if we start to put our energy into it our attention to it and our faith into it then we need to repent and step back from that and then step over into God's refreshing his cleansing uh, understanding that obeying god is a good thing understand also that sometimes there are attitudes of the heart that cause us to be unsettled on the inside and those need to be addressed as well you know sometimes there are old things that we keep thinking about over and over again and and then we need to repent for giving our attention to carnal things or or things that are condemned so forth and so on so it's about walking in harmony with god it's not about keeping up with what you do right and what you do wrong it's it's flowing in a a realm of God's spirit where you're at harmony and at peace with him you have his mind you have his thoughts you have his understanding of things it's about fellowship with him sin always breaks fellowship with God God paid for us to have fellowship with him but if he keeps punishing us and putting us in a penalty box He's not having fellowship with us and we're not having it with him either. So the whole purpose of redemption is kind of foiled if we think about ourselves as having suffering, having to suffer through certain things just uh, because we make a mistake or we do something wrong or we're fearful, we're in ignorance, whatever uh, reason there is behind it. Uh, we need to understand that God um, does not punish us in the sense of the uh the the penalties of the law that were levied during the old testament actually the curse came to teach us right from wrong you know if god said you know if you you do this or do that you're going to go without and you're going to be without and it happens you say well dang that's the truth you know here i am without i guess he means what he says and so you learn how to straighten up from that amen but once you're born again there's a different purpose to our life with god there's a a uh and i would say an elevated purpose for everybody who's a christian because then we have a status of of servant and friend we have so many different relationships with god and and then we're we're uh, uh his substitute in the earth we become his ambassadors where we speak on his behalf then we have the aspect of of eternal life that dwells in us where we can uh uh, uh you know confer that life upon other people and so then the the aspect of being an ambassador and a giver and someone who spends their time doing uh God's bidding for his kingdom that all comes into play so if we're being punished for everything we do wrong how's God going to ever get any work done and that doesn't mean that he's slack on his standards because we're doing work for him it just means that he means he has a, a plan in motion in place for us that we would not have to spend any time wasted 
in what he wants us to do. Amen. It's to no avail for him to penalize us and all of that. And it does no good for us. It gives us the sense that we're serving a God who is not a merciful God. So the first mercy God sheds is on us. And then we're able, we're expected to shed that mercy on others. And so God wants us to always stay in the fight, always stay in the hunt, always stay in, uh, involved in the things of the kingdom. And then we're pleased and he pleased and he's pleased. But I'm telling you, uh, salvation would be nothing if you had to live out the the penalty of of your your misdeeds and of your sins if he forgave your sins once the worst of them was when you first got saved everything after that's pretty small potatoes to be honest with you compared you understand because we're talking about blood-bought redeemed people making mistakes versus people whose hearts are against god and willfully going about a life of rebellion so it's a whole different picture uh, that is drawn for us after we're saved so so we are redeemed from the curse the penalty uh, of the broken law when we break the law we don't look to be punished we look to be forgiven and cleansed and then you go right back to God and, and fellowship with him and get the instruction that you need uh, to carry on. So yesterday we began to speak about what redemption really means and what it means to be ransomed of God. Amen. We were held captive by sin. You had no choice but to sin before you came into a knowledge of your uh, came into covenant with god and so when you are captive by something uh, you need to uh, be released from it and the way that you're released is through ransom amen Uh, you were captive against your will we were born in sin shaped in iniquity you didn't have a choice as to how you were born the circumstances any of that stuff so when you come into this world you're already a captive you're already uh, 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 held against your will uh, because the devil never created anything it's illegal for him to hold power over people and so God came to do away with that illegal hold that he has on mankind and he had to use legal means, his own legal means, in order to do that. God couldn't just say, well, y'all are forgiven and just come on in. There had to be a legal process to go through for that to happen. And that legal process was set up through the Old Testament types and shadows of the uh, uh, sacrifice uh, two sacrifices a lamb or a ram was was uh slain for the for shed blood for the forgiveness of sins and then the second uh animal uh was was uh uh the sins of the people were confessed on that animal and it was a scapegoat he was released out into the wilderness so the people would know they would never see their sins anymore so their sins were not held against them even under that covenant but it had to be renewed every year see what i'm saying so this one doesn't have to be renewed every year jesus gave one-time sacrifice for everything he is both the sacrifice and the scapegoat Amen. He said, I bore your sins, carried your sorrows. He took them on himself. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses and our sins. And so he is both the scapegoat and he is offering.
the offering and the sacrifice. And so God had to do this legally because he is bound by his own words. He can't and, and he can't change his word for anybody. You know, I see people want to say, well, God told me to do this and God told me to do. He told you no such thing. Because if he told you the opposite one day, he's not flip-flopping and changing his mind. Amen? You know, you'll see people that, that want to get married so bad and they stand before God and make vows before God. And then one day God told them to divorce somebody. Well, well who told you to get married? Oh, that wasn't. Well, you, somebody lied here. You understand what I'm saying? So, you know, why you want to blame God now when things are going bad? Just a thought. But but even with that, God is able to help us to come back unto his his standard of holiness. He wants us back into fellowship with, with him. That's our rightful place to be. Your your place is not under the dominion of Satan. Your place is not uh, being a prisoner of sin. Your place is not being tormented day and night by thoughts of, of inadequacy or helplessness or hopelessness or fear or any of that. All is that all is Satan's power, and God has purchased us out of that power. You have no more uh, business being nervous and worried about things. I don't care what it is. If it's eternal life, you can go to the word and get secure in that. But things of this world, God definitely doesn't want us insecure and nervous and worried about those things. He wants us to live confidently. Why? Because he has redeemed us from the curse of the law. There's no more penalty for sin. There's only a rejoicing that we are free from from all penalty now paul asked the question should we uh, uh sin so that grace may abound and he said god forbid god does forbid us from being glad that we don't have a penalty you know i mean we accept it and and accept it and embrace it but as far as rejoicing in the flesh and thinking you can do more wrong, that just doesn't appear, uh, uh, occur to a child of God. Why? Because the blood seals you from thoughts like that. God does a complete job. He keeps your mind stayed in the right place. So you can't feel good about being getting away with sin because you're blood bought. That blood prevents you from rejoicing in iniquity and rejoicing in, in things that are, that you know, it lets you know, it will convict you when you try to get excited about that. You understand what I'm saying? Your flesh tries to get excited because your flesh is not going to dominate your life once you're born again. It won't do it. it the, the devil may think, get you to think he's dominating, but he's not dominating. It's just a deception. See, just because a, 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 an errant thought comes into your head, that doesn't mean he's got power to make you do that. But he can make you think that he does if you dwell on it. Amen? So like Job said, he said, I've made a vow with my eyes. You know, sometimes you need to make a vow with your feet, a vow with your car keys, a vow with your eyes, a vow with your ears, a vow with everything. That you're not going to focus on something that's not right for you. Amen. That God wouldn't approve of. And so we have to understand the power of, of 
what God has done for us and and I think if we'll get settled in on the truth about the matter we'll be much much more eager to please God much more confident in our ability to please much less concerned about things that what's holding up my answer to prayer and what did it you know what's the problem here and 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 stop distrusting ourselves and always inspecting ourselves for something to be wrong with us is why this is not you know quit being so superstitious about life amen there's nothing going on except the goodness of god in your life and and if you look for goodness goodness will be there you know, if you look for trouble, trouble always shows up. Amen. The devil will invent something for you. So so Jesus did everything for us. Calvary was a complete and total work from beginning to end. Everything he did was necessary to do. And the results are, are foolproof and failproof. Amen. The results, we reap the results of his His sacrifice his life's work that he left for us to examine through the word we reap all the benefits of that and it was perfect in in its inception it was perfect all the way down the line so not only are we redeemed from that redemption is a legal term but on a personal level you need to know that your soul was ransomed from the powers of darkness amen there is a price has been paid for your soul to be free from the powers of darkness your soul now is able to accept the word of god without kicking it out every time you hear it see that's a biggie because you know and i know before we got saved we made fun of christians we thought them people was crazy and oh boy here comes that well you know what i'm saying and so so if if something had not happened to your soul you would feel the same way whenever the word comes near us we would be recoiling and arguing and carrying on but see our souls have been ransomed as well so there was a price paid for your mind there was a price paid for your memories there was a price paid for the seat of emotion on the inside of you where you're not moved by certain things and when i say you're not moved i'm not saying you feel something and then you try to hide it or cover it up Because there is a difference. Huh? Sometimes people will feel fear and then they try to uh, straighten up, push it down, push it away, and not understand that, that it's their flesh that's trying to control a negative spiritual force. You can't, you can't overcome fear with the flesh. It's a spirit. You've got to overcome it with a spiritual force. But see, there are things that 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 won't move you anymore. Like Paul said, he'd been through all of that difficulty. And he said, none of these things move me. In other words, he says, I'm not speaking to you these things out of an emotional crybaby. Look what I've been through level. He says, I'm just reporting it as something that happened and it doesn't move me see what i'm saying and so when your soul has been ransomed you're not moved by certain things amen you know I, my my father used to have a saying he said oh i seen everything but the bottom of the sea 
you know, that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, it's like he's not moved by certain things. You know, I'm not, it, don't bug me. Don't worry about that with me. You know, it's, it's, in, 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 when your soul has been ransomed, when God owns your soul, there is a place in God where you can lean into when difficulty happens and you come out when it's over. You understand what I'm saying? So these things that move people don't have to move you. Sometimes our responses are habit. You're not really excited and nervous about something, but your mind has been triggered. Something in you has been triggered emotionally, and then you add a thought that it used to. You understand what I'm saying? See, we, your soul has, has power that we don't tap into. Because we allow ourselves to be led out of the ransom part that God's paid for us, out of the kingdom, over back into the natural realm. Where there's memories there, there's situations there, there's uh, heartbreak there, there's trouble there. And so if we refuse to allow ourselves to stay ransomed, then we'll go back and be, I, I call it pseudo-captive. Because you're not really captive by your thoughts anymore. You really aren't. It's a, it's a pseudo-captivity. It's a fake thing. Because really what's happened is there's been a legitimate trigger of some feeling. And then we take our carnal mind and attach meaning to it with thoughts that we've stored up in our memory. Because the first thing you think when you feel frightened, you say, what am I scared of? Yeah, what's that? And you don't even say a verbal what's that. You start, you start searching your mind to attach some, some object to it. But see, the ransom soul doesn't have to do that. You can walk through life without attaching all that. See, you do the attachment, but your soul really has been ransomed. And see, what the enemy wants to do is to hide that fact from us and make us think that when nothing's changed, we're the same old crazy person we used to be. We're the same old nervous, fearful person that we used to be. Because if you, if you detach yourself from it and go about in, in obeying God and doing what God tells you to do, you'll find that it really doesn't bother you. Huh? I'll give you a case in point. When when the uh, camps moved and I was in the house by myself, you know, and the Lord kept telling me, he said, I told you 50 times, you ain't by, you're not alone. You've got plenty company. You talk to me, whatever, you know the, the whole drill. But But I resisted that and focused on the natural. And I kept saying, oh, I got to go check the door. Oh, what's down there? I ain't going in that basement. I ain't going upstairs. I ain't going, you know, just nonsense stuff. You know, I even gave up my my ID network shows. Because I said, well, that's making me more nervous. Now I'm just being honest with y'all, you know. Then if Coco would move wrong, I said, what was that? What was that? She'd be over there snoring. She ain't bothered by none of it. I said, well, I might as well get down with her. Let me go snore somewhere and forget this. And then at some point, my flesh lost interest in it. You got me? 
overcoming darkness is just that simple your flesh and and see i could have stuck with what god was telling me and overcoming that way but the redemption is so real it kicks in and your your soul your carnal man gets fatigued trying to make an impression on you 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 understand what i'm saying it's like there's a part of you that's dead and worn out and you try to revive it with some stupidity or crazy ideas and all that kind of stuff and it don't take it just goes away and say barb listen you're killing me okay this ain't working for me you might as well go and get back in your word or whatever you was doing before you woke me up after 35 40 years of being asleep and powerless why'd you wake me up you understand and so redemption is real you you can try to conjure up some craziness if you want to amen now that and it works best when your mind's renewed when you take the time to meditate on god's word and understand that that stuff ain't true no more i'm gonna gonna believe this right here and not that over there and you take advantage of the fact that you are purchased out so that now that you begin to meditate on god's word it becomes a part of you it's incorporated in you and there's a big payoff to your your efforts to study the word meditate on the word other than that we'd be like jehovah's witnesses you know these people that can quote scripture to you and they're not born again and they they know it in their head but it doesn't doesn't no good well see now we get it in our hearts and we can walk it out and prosper and and reap the benefit of it because of the covenant and because of the blood purchase and all of that stuff so it's much different now meditating on the word than it ever would have been if you had an interest in the bible when you weren't saved see and so once you understand that the purchase has has broken a power and redeemed you out of a power and made that power less you'll be more inclined to want to spend time in the word because there's a big payoff now you understand it will pay you off royally now to spend time with god and spend time in the word why because there's a covenant involved here and everything you do toward god is adding to your life there's no such thing as wasted time in god there's no such thing as well i shouldn't have spent all my time doing that or that didn't work out right why was i so stupid as to go and do this that and the other there's no such thing as that huh there's no such thing if if you didn't get anything out of it but a good lesson and what not to do is worth it because now you know what not to do huh and usually in most things that we do there is some gain as far as your spiritual understanding is concerned amen people would ask oral roberts uh why did you build the city of faith because god told him to you know people disputed him for years that god didn't tell him to build that hospital now we think about it and we realize that many of the instant miracles that they experienced doing that a move of the spirit they either didn't last without people being taught how to hold on to a healing so here we have and then the hospital becomes the backup plan when your faith don't work 
Because, see, people would be condemned if they couldn't get it all by faith right away. You understand what I'm saying? They didn't, there was ignorance. And so I believe the hospital became the place of mercy even for believers whose faith didn't come up to the standard. Well, now looking back, we understand it very well. But during his time, he got a lot of criticism for it. Why? Because the money involved. See? And everybody think when people, people don't look at money the way God does. See, God looks at money as something that's totally of the earth. He's not impressed with how much it costs. And he's not impressed with, with uh, how it's spent a lot of times. Unless you spend it on you and wasting it. And you need to be doing other things with it. But, but he doesn't look at money the same way we do. And so we start to measure God's kingdom up to earthly standards, and that's not right. But I can tell you that after a period of time, Oral Roberts told people, he said, well, I'm praying about it, and I'm asking God about it. And finally he said, God told me, he said, God says, I'm not that interested in things. I'm more interested in concepts. And he wanted the body of Christ to get the concept to not condemn yourself if you got to go to the doctor. You understand? I mean, if it took all of that for him, and see, we look at it, well, it didn't take all that money for, well, he did. Huh? And he wanted to show it in action. People who went to the city of faith were glad to get up in there. That was a refreshing from some of the hospitals that are just secular run all the time. That would, they, people, saints felt like they were really there, you know, if they had to go. And so you can see God's mercy and stuff like that. You understand what I'm saying? He's, he doesn't condemn us because we don't come up to a fictitious standard. Because nobody yet knows God's standard of faith for blessing us. If we did, we put it on automatic. X number of confessions, X number of hallelujahs, X number of, and then you got it. See what I'm saying? We don't, we yet don't know his formula or anything like that for how he's going to bless us. So we, that's what living by faith is all about. Amen? And so the, the fact that we have been ransomed, bought out of a power, that power has no power over us anymore. It's like, say for instance, Alicia, if somebody had you in a cage for six months, and you woke up one day and that that door was loose and you pushed it open and nobody ever came to lock it back. You're free to come and go as you want to. You understand what I'm saying? And it has no power over you anymore unless you jump in there and think it does. See? And this is where God wants us to live in a renewed mind. See, a renewed mind keeps you from jumping back in the cage and believing that it has power over you. And as much as the devil screams at you, that you, who do you think you are? You can't do this and you can't do that. You need to scream even more. I am redeemed from the curse. I am bought out of your power. I have been ransomed out of your power. You have no power over me anymore. See, we have to live like that. We can't live as frightened people. We can't live as um, uh, limited people. We have to learn how to live free in God. I'm just still shocked at some of the churches that don't even go to their buildings and try to have a small group of people 
you know, to feed. I, it just amazes me. I mean, even in Michigan where they got some really crazy laws, I think <laughs> that poor woman is involved in so much hot water, lawsuits and people suing. Our government has no right to restrict us. They can ask, but they can't force. That's why they get in trouble now that poor lady, they tased her at a football game because she didn't have a mask on. Are you kidding me? You see how crazy people are? And and it, it, this is the stuff. See, these are all illegal. And you can't tell me the devil's not behind it. Because this is all illegal as far as God's concerned, heaven and earth concerned. The saints should be free to go about and do about whatever they want to do as long as they're led by the Spirit of God. God's not going to lead you out somewhere and, and let you get sick from a virus. Are you kidding me? And you can see the maskings and stuff ain't doing that much. People put on their masks every day, have new ones, get tested every day, and they still get Rona. Rona going to find a way to sneak up on everybody but the blood pots. Claim that blood and you're good to go. Amen. And God's watching us to see what we do. He's watching the ones that obey Caesar. And this ain't none of Caesar's business. We've been told that many times already. Caesar ain't got nothing to do. It's a spiritual thing. It's between us and God. So God wants us free. I mean, he wants us free more than we want to be free when you think about it. (laughs) We started looking at that yesterday in Matthew 27. If you want to turn there again, uh, we'll, we'll pick up there. Matthew 27 have to excuse me i get excited about the blood i get excited about my redemption getting out the pokey and being free telling the devil eh, 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 eh. you ain't getting me i ain't getting you i don't want you no more you don't have no claim on me huh pop your collar and pimp on out man that's what you do huh that's what you do All right, so Matthew chapter 27, (laughs) and this is the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, uh, um, verse 50, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn, split in half from the top to the bottom. So that was supernatural. I think that curtain was what, was it 30 or 50 feet high? I forget. But it's like that. I mean, you'd have to have a real tall ladder to go up there and start peeling it back. And the earth did quake and the rocks uh, were broken. So there was an earthquake. There was the splitting of the veil of the temple. And the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints which slept arose. And they came out of the graves after his resurrection. So... I think at the time, if I read this correctly, at the time that Jesus gave up the ghost, the power of God began to descend into the lower parts of the earth. That's why the earthquake. Amen. When the creation tries 
to engulf the creator, possess the creator, there's a conflict there. And people feel like that's what happened when when the earth quaked. But And we've had earthquakes before, but we never had graves opening. So when the when the ransom drop was made that is he gave up the ghost that was the ransom when that drop was made then the the earth started to give up the dead in christ immediately you got me because immediately when god pays for you you're free the good news is you know you're free. The bad news is the devil wants to try to keep you from finding it out. So he becomes the uh, false witness to your salvation. You ever notice that when you're first saved, God will give you that that space of time to rejoice and everything. And before you know it, the devil's right back telling you nothing happened to you. Look at you! You back doing that same stuff. You, you know, you didn't. Uh, uh-uh, you ain't saved. So then, the first probably year, your salvation is spent convincing yourself that it was a real thing, that you really are saved. And then after a while, that doesn't. But you're not moved by that anymore. Well, you've been saved since day one. The ransom was paid for you the minute you accepted Christ. Remember that your confession is what saved you. So the minute you confess Christ and and return away turn away from your sin, that's when the ransom becomes effective in your life. That's when all the doors open. That's when all the bars uh, are, are broken on the cells that kept you in chains. All the mental torment that you went through ceases because you are saved. Now, if you let the devil come knocking back, huh? And let him in. What you want, devil? Huh? Well, I'm here to claim you again. You ain't as saved as you think you are. Huh? Because look at what you look at on television. And look at what you read. And look at this and look at that. Huh? And you ain't meaning no harm. You ain't going after getting back in hell or nothing like that. Huh? But see, many times we don't know how to fight him on the level that we need to fight him on and resist him and get him off of us. And so that's part of the grace of God is to to understand that those ideas can be there, those thoughts can be there, and all that can be there. But it doesn't mean anything. Because why? You're redeemed. The ransom's been paid. Amen? So no, devil, you can't buy me back. I don't care how sloppy I live as a Christian. I ain't going back to living for you. Huh? Living living halfway and sloppy in the kingdom is is better than living 100% for you. Huh? Why? Because I'm redeemed. You can't get me back. Because I ain't coming. I ain't letting it happen. I got power you don't know about, devil. And I don't know about it either yet, but I'm looking in my book to find out more about it. You understand what I'm saying? You know, go get your Bible and say, now wait a minute, hold that thought right there. I know it's something in here for you. It ain't going your way no more. Amen. If I have to tie myself up in the garage and not go nowhere, I'm not going back with you. 
Uh Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's worse than a bad boyfriend. Uh So the ransom, the minute the ransom was paid, the graves opened. It's the same thing that happens in our lives. The, The dead things in your life have to escape. Amen. Because you're out of the you're out of the bondage of the life of of living a life of sin and, and your sinful past and all the things that you know you were captive in, that's over. The minute you're saved. Amen. The minute you're saved. If you continue to walk with God, you begin to walk in more power. That's why you know, many of us get saved and, and don't pray in tongues and then you keep walking with God, you'll walk in the tongues. Because you walk into an understanding that you need more power. Amen. You know that your battery will start wearing down a little bit. And you say, now I'm, I'm, I know I'm, I'm not subject to the devil's power, but he's bugging me too much. And I'm beginning to weaken and think he can overtake me. What, what's, what's the next step, God? And he'll give you that next thing. Amen. And so God has a, a whole plan for our lives. He has everything already mapped out. He doesn't need any help from us to try to figure out what we're supposed to be doing in his kingdom. He has everything all mapped out for us. So the graves were open on what we believe to be a Friday, which was the day of atonement, whatever day it was. You understand we celebrate it as Good Friday. And they said after his resurrection... They came out. Well, how come they didn't come out before? Huh? Say, for instance, uh, um, uh, Avis, God forbid, I'm not, but you've got a daughter. She's missing. Somebody kidnaps April. And they tell you, you got to send us so much money and so much money and so much money and so much money. And you go around to the saints, believe it or not, and get the $15 they want. <laughs> I just want to make it reasonable. I mean, she's more precious than anything, but we just want to make it reasonable. And so they tell you, you go to so-and-so place and leave the money there. So you made the drop. Legally, she's free. Amen. You dropped the money. But they said, if we will leave her at so-and-so place, and you can find her there and bring her home. Well, legally, she was free when that money was paid. But as far as experience is concerned, she can't get to you until you get to where she is. And that took three days. See, because they weren't, they were in the graves, but they were powerless until the resurrection. They didn't get eternal life until Jesus was raised from the dead. See, we're his body. We can't do anything without the head. And Jesus had to go to heaven and put his blood on the mercy seat after he was raised from the dead to pay the final ransom so that we would have the power to come up out of the grave. Amen. So they lied there lifeless for three days. 
But what God wants us to know is that legally speaking, they were free. But it took his resurrection life and power to come into them to give them life in their cells and their bodies before they could come come out of those graves. And they couldn't come out without the leading of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, he wasn't in a position to lead them out because he was ministering over his sacrifice. First things first. Everything has to be done legal. I mean, if a lawyer with, I mean, a good lawyer, I ain't talking about these, you know what I'm talking about. 1-800-CALL-WHOEVER, you know, them, talking about somebody knows the law. But if a, a legal, a lawyer who, who understood the law went over the Bible, they would find there's not a flaw in it. It's intact in every way. Jesus, in order to be uh, a faithful high priest, had to provide blood on the eternal mercy seat for us so that our sins could be totally paid for and eternal life could come into us. Well, that didn't happen to something like Sunday morning. When the, Remember Mary came to the grave and she was looking at him and she recognized he was Jesus. She went to hug him. He said, oh, can't touch that. Thing. No, he didn't. <laughs> but he said, touch me not. Huh? Was he being funny? Huh? <laughs> well, why couldn't she touch him? Somebody mumbling in their shirt. He was ceremonially clean. When the high priest went in on the Day of Atonement, he washed himself and he washed all the instruments and he could not be touched by anybody lest they fall dead. So she'd have dropped dead right there if he had touched her. He was in the process of ministering at the altar of God. She just caught him on the way. You understand what I'm saying? And so, and, and, and he could do that. Why? Because he wasn't a priest after the order of Aaron. He was after Melchizedek, which we don't know nothing about that dude. You understand what I'm saying? And so he could do those things, but he could not break Levitical law. Because that's what he was in when he was making that atonement. So he had to fulfill that law as well. And so as he is ministering, she has such a longing for him and craving for him that she begins to recognize him in the garden. And so she decides that she wants to get closer to the Lord. She's been waiting to see him and he tells her, don't do that. For her own good, not because of him. Amen. And so until he put the blood on the mercy seat, he said, I have not yet ascended to your father and my father. And so when he ascended into heaven and sprinkled blood on that mercy seat, which I believe that was the first time blood had been ever been on the heavenly mercy seat. See, because when when God told Moses, he said, make this uh the ark of the covenant after the pattern in heaven and it was made without blood on it he said after it's made then he told him to put blood on it so that mercy seat in heaven had not had blood on it but blood was spoken of over it as a promise you got me 
And so he could not fulfill any desires related to humanity until that blood had been poured over the mercy seat in heaven. And then he sat at the right hand of the Father, amen, to minister over the needs of the people. That's how the people got up out the graves. As As soon as that blood hit the mercy seat, out popped all them saints and walked around and conversed with people and showed people that they were raised from the dead. Amen. And so we have that record of the legal aspects of the atonement fulfilled through everything that Jesus did, all of that. So our redemption is solid. Our our uh, salvation is solid. It will hold up under any scrutiny because God fulfilled his own rules and regulations, which he could have changed if he wanted to. When Jesus said, let this cup pass from me, that's opening the door for the Father to say, well, you know, I I'm, I canceled that method. I make another way. No, he said, I'm a God who keeps my word. I don't need, even if it hurts my son and separates us from me to accept you, I'm willing to do it. That's a great salvation. You know, I think people who throw that away and, and don't, really live it and don't really don't have a clue what they're throwing away the great love that god has for us to let his son die in in disgrace so that he could raise up many more sons and daughters he had a vision for us he had a we were in his sight line when jesus suffered he did it for us And so resurrection power had to come into those who had died in Christ in order for them to walk out of those graves. Amen. Under resurrection power came through the atonement um, and and the, the placing of blood on the mercy seat. That's what made it legal. That's why we can obtain eternal mercy now. For everything that that we do i mean there's there's a place where god has the license to give mercy to whomever he will give mercy saved and unsaved obedient and disobedient oh what you think we do everything so right is why we get mercy get real he said i'll give mercy to whomever i want to why because jesus died for everybody amen <laughs> whether we receive it or not he still died for everybody and so God looks at, at humans through the lens of, of the blood of Jesus. That's why you can pray for people who've been wicked to you. That's why you can have mercy on people. You're using his mercy. You're not, this ain't something that comes from you. That's something that's offered through God. Amen. So we can pray for anybody. People say things like, well, well, how do you pray for so and so and such and such? It ain't that hard. You just have to get over into God in order to make that work. But God offers eternal mercy to all. So once the ransom has been paid, the doors open and we can come out and we are free. When Jesus walked the earth, he began to minister to people under the power of the Holy Spirit that allowed people to get a picture in a glimpse of what life would be like in the new covenant. He begins to substitute the old for the new. And so he has an attitude 
about suffering that we we have yet to experience i think i think he hates human suffering i think he rushes to help those who are suffering i think his mercy is extreme toward people who are suffering just so you know when you're in discomfort or you experience something jesus isn't just sitting waiting for you to get your act together and your confession right to help you you understand what i'm saying he's actively working in you to to liberate you from that why because it's been paid for already he knows it's paid for and it's his job to deliver it to you so so in matthew chapter let me see i think it's matthew chapter 12 Jesus is quick to rescue us from the hand of Satan, from our torture in the hand of our enemy. Let me see if this one's the one I want. Oh, sorry, 12. I think it starts at 13. Yeah, in in verse 9, start there. And when he had departed there, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered, and they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? And he said to them, Now now check this out. This man's sitting there with a crippled hand, and they're having conversation about him instead of doing something about it. It's like if you, you went to a healing meeting and and I were to call you out as if to minister to you and I start asking people questions about. I mean, seriously, folks, and if you don't think that spirit is loose around in the earth today, there are people who will talk you to death about God and never show you who he is. You got me? And so, I mean, a religion is a killer. It's of the devil. It's satanic. So they keep asking him, who is it legal? And, and, and Jesus said this. He said, what man of you that shall not have one sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath day, he wouldn't lay hold on it and lift it out? He says, how much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he says, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it forth and restored whole just like the other. Jesus is saying here, when I see you sick, when I see you not able to get around, when I see you, he said, I'm in a hurry to help you. I don't know how we get lied to so much in things like this as though God isn't really willing to do it immediately. But he says, to me, seeing you sick is just like this man having one precious animal that he holds and it falls into the ground. He's going to get it out right away. He's not going to wait till Monday to pull it out of a mud pit. Amen. And I believe he's saying to us that I am speedy to help you. I am right there to help you. The fact that we have a new covenant based on better promises lets you know that if it took three days under the old covenant, it takes instant now. You see what I'm saying? And and start to gear your thoughts into God helping you immediately. All you got to do is continue to add your faith to it. You know, the reason we don't see it is that we don't pursue it. Like we'll pursue it for a while. 
and then we get kind of you know well you know just doing our duty but the bible says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avail much there has to be some desire to see it happen we got to get in line with what he wants the way he wants to see things happen that's what agreement is we're coming into agreement with his will when we pray not what we think well you know it don't hurt that bad and it's not about that it's about what he promises but what does he want for you and i think if we spent more time seeking god and saying god how should i look at this situation that i'm in you know how should i what how should i believe what should i think how should i go about pursuing this we'll find out that he's way past where we are even right now you know we're like on the at at the starting block and he's already halfway around the the track and so many times it's not that god is slow about producing it's we're slow about getting in agreement with him because every time you see stuff in the bible he does it immediately now we've been taught that it may not come like that why do we have to put that in there why can't we just let people believe it like they read it and and get out of the way so god can do it see we mix our faith with tradition and experience or lack of like we gotta answer for god he answers for himself and so if we would get ourselves more in line with what he wants then we'd be able to get the results that he wants us to have he's paid for your sickness already he took it already why wouldn't it come to you instantly why wouldn't it come to you quickly and i think it's sometimes because we get our souls involved in things and we allow the enemy to gradually steal the life that god wants to breathe on it i'm not saying that to condemn any i do it myself i'm wondering why i get stuck in that zero zero place you know what i'm saying but i'm telling you we need to think more in tune with what he says more in tune with what he says the man with the withered hand is likened to a precious animal in a pit he needs emergency treatment so jesus healed his hand immediately i bet after that man walked out there with he with his hand healed he didn't say something like well man i could have waited for this then why do we say it up front we got to wait for stuff huh when jesus has said he did it immediately amen so i'm repenting and correcting my thinking you got me we need to correct our thinking in these things and think more in tune with what he says in luke 13 you'll turn there and you know what the, the to me healing is something that even sinners believe god for you know i mean it's when we think about it we're making it tough when a sinner can believe god for instant healing you know that's the one time that people will let you pray for them is when they're sick amen and whether they're saved or not so in luke chapter 13 in verse 13 verse 
Yeah, in 10. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. And was so sick that she was bent over and couldn't lift herself up. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, now she didn't ask for him, he asked for her. In other words, he's looking for us. If you got a need, he's looking for you. You know, that puts a whole different complexion on things. I mean, to me it does. I mean, pardon me if I get excited about the word. As Miss Wanda said, that word was W-E-R-D, word. That word was good. Amen. That's right, Miss Wanda. That word is good. But sometimes you need to hear it again and again to get the full meaning of it. I mean, come on now. But he said, this woman, and, and he looked at her and said, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. Listen, when God blesses you, it's going to be some people that really don't like it. So you got to, the devil don't like it, number one. Huh? You know, the devil, he's okay as long as we talking about stuff. But when you experience it, it's a whole different ballgame. He'll leave you alone in your talking. Oh, yeah. As long as you don't. I'm going to get this. You know how people get a prophecy. God told me I'm going to be this and I'm going to be. He'll let you talk. he said, say, yeah, brother, right on, right on, right on. Huh? He'll be, hit me with it, hit me with it, hit me with it, hit me with it, you know. Huh? But you go and get that what God said you're supposed to. Oh, no. You can't have that. Who you think you are? God didn't give you that. The devil gave you that. I say I have a good authority. The devil don't give nobody nothing. But a headache, sickness, got me. Nothing they want. The ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and then called him out in front of the people. He said, there's six days in which men ought to work. In them, therefore, come and be healed. Liar. You know you ain't never healed nobody. And not on the Sabbath. And the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrite. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose your ox or your ass from the stall and take him and let him get some water? And ought not. Ought not. In other words, Jesus said, I owe this woman a healing. See, when he heals us, he's paying off the fact that he owes it to us. Why does he owe it to us? He has a covenant with us. He has a stated promise that he's going to do these things. And when he sees us not having what he's promised us, he gets involved. How do you think you understand what to pray for? You ain't just sitting up there, well, I guess I want this. and I, You don't just want something out of nowhere. I tell you on good authority, I've been wanting stuff all my life and never got nothing until I came into the knowledge of God. Huh? If I got something, I was scared I was going to lose it. 
not only do you get what you need from God, but you get peace with it. You get righteous, you get assurance with it that is going to be paid for. But he said, this lady ought to be healed. And she ought to be healed right now. That's why I did. It's eight, she's 18 years overdue, Mr. Pharisee. You've had 18 years to help this woman. You ain't done nothing for her. So he wants her healed and he got her healed. And this is why Jesus did what he did. The Bible says he was anointed. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Because God was with him. So he couldn't stop laying hands on people. He couldn't stop. Whenever he would go to one city and finish there, the father would tell him the next city to go to and begin his ministry all over again. Start healing people. He never stopped. Went nonstop healing and preaching and teaching. And that's what he expects out of his people. For us to be nonstop healing, teaching, preaching, blessing, encouraging, strengthening one another. All of that. It's to be done every day. Not just when you feel like it or when we get together, but it's to be done every day. So this is how Jesus sees illness. He's in a hurry to get us healed. He's in a hurry to get us free. You know, Lord, let us be in a hurry like you're in a hurry. You understand what I said? Let us match him in our heart, in our attitude, in our understanding of it. Because that's the only, see, we make excuses for why it's taking a while and we don't even know why it is. Because we're not really in an understanding of things, but we do know that it can happen at any time because the word says that. Why can't any time be immediately? See, sometimes you say, you can be healed at any time and, and just go away and leave it there. Come now, healing. Come now. Come now. We need you now, Lord. Let's have it now. We have a now God. Amen. Faith is now. So he said, this lady ought to be healed. What's your problem? Huh? Sabbath or no. She ought to be walking around normal. That's what I want for her. And that's what she got. Amen. The concept of redemption is is as old as the book of job is so man needed a redeemer really from the beginning of time amen if you go to the book of job where i want to go to chapter 19 thank you jesus y'all still awake out there you keeping up okay that's good yeah that's job chapter 19 And he says here, for I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. So Job was declaring that he would get well. Amen. He knew he had a Redeemer. He couldn't, didn't know how to get a hold of him. Wasted a lot of time going back and forth, but he knew that he would see his Redeemer. Well, we know we've seen him already. He lives in us. 
So redemption resides in us. We can call up the redemptive power of God anytime we want to, just with his word. Amen. So Job knew it back then. He knew that his redeemer was alive. He knew that he could, he had walked as a redeemed man. He just lost his way and that he would come for him and he would, would uh, deliver him in his flesh. He said, I'm going to get up out of the sick bed. Amen. And I think if we as believers could hold on to that, it could shorten our time in the sick bed. Amen. It could shorten our time there. All we need to do is say, I know I'm healed. And I thank you, Lord, for healing me. I thank you, Lord, for taking every symptom out of my body. I will, in my flesh, I will see my Redeemer come for me and restore me to health and wholeness. In Jeremiah 50, you need to know that your Redeemer is the one who fights for you. Jesus has a legal license to fight on your behalf because of the redemptive power of his blood. What did I say? Jeremiah 50, I think it's verse 34. In 33, it says, uh, 32, it says, And the most proud shall stumble and fall, and none shall raise him up. You worry about people that ain't right? Don't worry about it. That's God's business. He says, and I will kindle a fire in his cities, and it shall devour all round about him. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the children of Israel and the children of Judah were oppressed together, and all that took them captives held them fast and refused to let them go. That's the way we were when we were in the world. Their redeemer is strong. The Lord of hosts is his name. He shall thoroughly plead their cause that he may give rest to the land and disquiet the inhabitants of Babylon. And so when we know that our Redeemer is the Lord of armies, that means whatever need you have, if it takes legions of angels to come and rescue you, the fact that you have been purchased out of the devil's power means that God has at his disposal all the power he needs. He's unlimited in the power that he needs to get us out of the clutches of the devil. Whatever it takes for you to get your your body restored, he'll do it. He's obligated to do it. He's got legions of armies and, and angels and whatever help you need. He'll He'll restore everything he's not limited he's only limited to by what we think about you see and and it 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 prospers us to think more like god to get in the word to not let you, know, you ever think about asking god for something and something in your head your mind goes like that stop that's not god you see what I'm saying? He's unlimited in his love. He's unlimited in his power. If he gave his life for you, what what is there left to hold back? So because he's given all, that means all is given. He gave all so that you could have all. Amen? Not that you could be shortchanged on anything or you think small about it because it's you. You understand what I'm saying? Get yourself out the picture. Let him do what he wants to do. Let him do how he sees fit to do for us. And God will do that in a very unlimited fashion. But our Redeemer is strong. Amen. He's the Lord of all armies. 
so he can step on the devil's armies and put them to flight and he can bring angels to minister to us and help us out anytime we have we have a need amen he he will do what he needs to do for us in in an unlimited fashion amen (laughs) i was i had i i i was uh um trying to get my blood pressure regulated i had promised god for two years i was going to take care of it and messed around and you know just sloppy i'll confess the sloppiness and no more that's a misdemeanor (laughs) i'll cop to the sloppiness please but uh i was going to I, i had taken a pill and and um I was out and I said, oh, I'll get my blood pressure checked. And when I got it checked, it was like 190 over 110 or something like that. And, it, and I panicked. I said, oh, God, it's never been this high before. I start praying in tongues, start confessing the word. And I just heard him say, go to the emergency room, Barb. You, you know what I'm saying? And so, and I wasn't really getting the right treatment. You know what I'm saying? It was, I was sloppy. Take a pill for three days and then go back to feeling like you're healed, you know, thinking you're healed or something like that. And so when I, I got in there, I was they were checking my blood pressure and she said, oh, we she said, well, did you take anything? And I told her and she said, well, she said, let me watch it for a, a minute and see, you know, what will happen. So, of course, Cece's sitting over in the corner, over there, my armor bearer, <laughs> my little armor bearer was right there. He's just watching. And so I just felt to, the Lord said, just let this go and let me help you, <laughs> girl. And so I just did the best I can. I said, okay, Cece, I said, we go get in the spirit. <laughs> and so just as she was getting ready to give me more blood pressure medicine, it started dropping. And it dropped back to normal. See, See, the Lord of armies will come and rescue you. Because, see, for what that chick was going to give me, I'd have been pushing up daisies or worse. You understand? Well, I'd have been fried right there on that gurney. You understand me? Even though you don't. Listen, I had everything. Disobedience, sloppy, threw the pills over in the corner with my fake faith. I was, you, you understand what this Everything wrong. Nothing to commend myself to the Lord, you know. And then he just comes in and and says, just let go of this. You know, I got this. And as she was getting ready to give me the medication, she just looked up at the monitor. She said, oh, okay, well, I don't think you're going to need this. Well, let me hold off on it. And I didn't need it. And I went home. Amen. Got rescued. And then went on to more sloppiness. If you could believe such a thing. You understand what I'm saying? Until he finally just sat me down and straightened me out. You understand what I'm saying? But God has a way. When you're redeemed, you're purchased out of the devil's power. He can't, he, he can't kill you. He can't hurt you. He can't drive you crazy. He can't bankrupt you. He can't take your stuff from you. He can't take your kids from you. He has zero power over us, period. 
And if we get stupid and try to give him the power back, if we get rebellious and get crazy on God, he still has no power over us. He, God won't let us down, folks. He's up front done everything for us. You, you've been advanced. Huh? Don't we all believe we're going to heaven? Ain't never seen it, ain't never been there. See, we've been advanced. It's paid for in advance. We got the final destination already marked down. Never been there, never even seen it. But we know it's ours. Why? Because we've been advanced those things. It's the same thing with everything you need. You've been advanced mercy been advanced power glory honor all of the things that god is we participate in that amen now the first glory always goes to him but we share in it the bible says we are his glory and his crown amen and so he wants to crown us with the essentials he wants to crown us with good health he doesn't feel good looking at us you know just barely getting here and all that you know you might feel real pious or something off of it but stop it amen you know we're we're redeemed from that he's done an excellent job of providing for everything we need but we are the blood bought and we are redeemed and we should say so amen we are redeemed amen 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 we'll stop father we thank you for your word thank you lord for understanding thank you lord for your goodness and your mercy thank you lord to help us walk in this help us embrace it fully accept it fully not deny it let it work in our lives let let's step it up jesus so that we can walk more hand in hand with you more hand in hand with you we've got to do it we've got to do it we've got to do it thank you jesus you have to put on another thank you lord praise god go ahead and the Lord's saying that, that he says, now, I've given you the understanding, and I'm accelerating everything. Amos 9:13. And he says, because I'm accelerating it, I'm going to ask you to pick up the pace in believing me. Pick up the pace in reaching out. Pick up the pace in your worship. Pick up the pace approaching me pick up the pace in your fellowship with me and walking with me because i'm going places says the lord i'm going places and i want you to hold on to my unchanging hand i'm not dropping you i'm not letting you go but i'm expecting you to pick up the pace because i'm walking at a much faster pace than i've ever walked through the earth and i intend to take you with me because you are my bride you're my precious you're my beloved you're the one my heart longs for and i go nowhere without my heart's desire and that's you says the lord he says but i am requiring you that you be quick to respond to me you be quick to seek me you be quick to to hold on and and to pick up the pace and come with me says the lord things that lingered and languished will linger and languish no more says the lord for i'm accelerating the time 
My heart is beating faster toward the end of time. My heart is racing toward the end of time because I have many people yet to gather into this kingdom, and I'm in to get them all. I'm not leaving anybody behind, says the Spirit of God. So I'm compelling my people that love me to pick up the pace. Get involved. Get understanding. Get in your word. Understand what I'm expecting of you personally. And do it and fulfill it, says the Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Great things. Great things. Great things, says the Lord. Great things. You will rightly divide the word of truth. You'll receive revelation and understanding that will accelerate your movements, will ignite your spirit, and will give you divine energy like you have never had before. So I'm doing my part, and I'm asking you to respond, says the Spirit of the living God. Thank you. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you. Praise you. Okay, let's do our confession. I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. Thank you, Lord, but by the blood of Jesus, my healing is paid for. I have immunity, and I have eternal life, and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Amen.